Hi, everybody, and thanks very much for checking out this week's edition of Tellage Talks. My guest this week is Natalie Herbick. She is the morning co-host of New Day Cleveland, Fox 8 News in Cleveland, Ohio. And she also is the co-anchor of the 4 p.m. news on Fox 8 News. She's been a news professional in Cleveland for several years now, coming from a job down in Steubenville, but she is a native of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And that is where she got her start in television as an intern at one of the powerhouse TV stations in the country, KDKA. Natalie is talking a bit about her career and a lot about Cancer Awareness Month because she has been so personally impacted by cancer. She had a double mastectomy. She has had breast cancer that was found out early in 2000 and 23 and natalie has been so so open at talking about the whole process and the history of cancer in her family and really has been a beacon of hope for so many others not just in northeast ohio but around the country as well and she's just a fantastic person so i hope you enjoy our conversation this is natalie herbick from fox 8 news in cleveland Natalie, I'm blessed that you're uh, going to sit down and chat with me. Uh, we absolutely here at the station uh, adore you. And it's funny how I said we here at the station. I'm a retired guy and I'm, re- I'm talking in the present tense. <laughs> but you have never left us truly and you're never allowed to leave. So it's fine. We, it's perfectly fine that you said it and worded it that way. Oh, that's and that cool. means a lot to me. Oh, that's cool. Well, I'm so delighted to be able to sit down and chat with you because there's a lot to go over. Um, but our listeners might not be aware that you had a little bit of sports reporting in your background. I mean, we could actually have been working together doing Friday Night Touchdown, you, me, and everybody else. If it else would have here. gone that direction, you know, and I sometimes question, should I have? It's it's just such a fun area of this business, you know? And I did. I started when I was uh, interning at my, had my internship at a station called KDKA. One of the big powerhouses the, yep, in America. One of the only O&Os still yeah. left. And yep. I... They, I was blessed because they gave me an opportunity to work on a show that they did on Saturday nights that was a football show. And they asked me to go out to local bars and restaurants and interview uh, fans. And it was live at first. Of course, they were screened for alcohol beforehand. Yeah, they, they were. But, it, but yeah, exactly. <laughs> they were, but then it didn't matter. It didn't so matter. it turned into, you know what? Maybe we should do these as taped segments. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good idea. So... I enjoyed it so much, um, but I knew I needed to get my feet wet and really get into maybe a smaller market mm-hmm. in order to continue my success. So uh, I got my my first real job in the Steubenville, Wheeling, West Virginia market at WTOV. And it was there. I did a lot of anchoring and reporting, uh, producing. I started off as a producer, but then eventually I would do a lot of the high school football stuff. So I would sure. go out to the games and do sideline reporting from, yeah. from the high school. So I was doing high school football, but it is, you know, football is life throughout yes. parts of Ohio and beyond. So it was it was a pleasure to be so involved in that aspect of it too. And then be able to dabble and do the new, not dabble. I was mainly in news right. um, as well. 
Yeah, and it's kind of like a good a good way. To, you see the other side of how people approach things, and then you also saw probably about the incredible amount of passion that oh, people yes. place upon their teams. You're from Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. uh, University of Pittsburgh. Yes. And of course, we were just alluding to uh, being at KDK and doing the show, uh, the Steelers Saturday night. What was it like just growing up in Pittsburgh with the Stillers, as we say? <laughs> Such a big deal. You know, I. I, I don't think sometimes growing up in that sense, you didn't realize how blessed you were to have a team that was, you just, I just assumed every team, you know, was, was, Bad was assumption that good. Bad <laughs> in Cleveland, Ohio, Natalie. And, but, you know, I remember being, it was when they won, gosh, I can't, was it two in a row Super Bowls or what? what like well, there was the, a year in between or a couple well, years in between. In the 70s, they, I believe they won three total, so. But then there was some, it was when I was in college. Yeah, there, it, there that was, would, that would have been the Bill Cowher year. So, yes. Yes. So, I mean, that was, it was a really neat experience. There's a lot of hometown pride that Let's came along it, with that, you know. You guys are spoiled over it there was, in Pittsburgh. You know, but the, the thing is, it's just, well, and I, I can, I could get into the Cleveland thing now, but I guess I'll wait. But it's just, that was where I was born and raised. That's, that's all I knew my whole life. I went to, to college in Pittsburgh. I didn't leave home. Yeah. I was very close with my family and. Um, that just, you know, staying in my hometown was always something that I thought I was probably going to do the rest of my life. Right, right. But, okay, so let's say, let's go backtrack before you get to the University of Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. and I'm assuming that you did concentrate on journalism, media, and that sort of thing, but how young were you when you kind of thought, that might be something I want to do? Oh, this is funny, John. I didn't realize until I did the internship at KDK, my final semester of college. I was a senior so in college when I realized, I think this is what I want to do. Or did you go there to I study? Went, I studied communications and theater. Okay, okay. Um, I, I really wasn't sure in college what I really, I couldn't figure out what my passion was. Gotcha. And I, I honestly, there was a, an anchor there in Pittsburgh. Her name is Sally Wigan, and she is was just a rock star in, in Pittsburgh. And I, I interviewed her for a, a class and I was so impressed by her, and I really thought, you know, maybe this is a field I want to get into. So I got the internship, and I fell in love with it immediately. And I, I just was so grateful that I at least figured it out before college was over, but it took me until the end. So this was the internship where you're going into bars yes. talking to drug yeah, stealers. Yeah, yeah. stealers. I, I assume there was a little bit more meat to the bone before was. you went. Yes, because the internship actually started with a show that's very similar to New Day Cleveland. Oh, okay. It was called Pittsburgh Today Live. Gotcha. And I interned on that show. Okay. And so that's where, and then I would work on the weekends, would work with a photographer, you know, and put a reel together and yeah. hope and pray that I could get a job somewhere else. And, um, But yes, so that, it wasn't, it wasn't until then that I realized this is, my passion. This is what I want to do. So you get out of college. Was there much of a, a, a period of time between getting out of college and uh, either the internship still running its course or getting that job at Steubenville? So I ended the internship and then I, for a, I, I ended it in the spring because I ent- we were done. I was done with school in the spring. And then that fall is when I did the Steeler Saturday night show. Gotcha. Okay. It wasn't until I believe spring of the following year. You're basically that out for a year. I, yes. That I found my first job. 
in WTOV, which ended up, I mean, it's one, only one of two. I mean, I went from WTOV to here, so it's my only <laughs> so been two places. Think, what did you think you knew about, quote, journalism, about TV, about production, about being on the air? What, you know, take me back to that year when you walked into that building in Steubenville. Oh. What was your sense about Natalie herself? I knew nothing about this field. <laughs> I knew nothing because I didn't go to school for it. I think I took one journalism class. I, I was terrified, and because I didn't have much experience, they wanted me to start producing, which, looking back, that was probably the best thing. thing they did yeah, for me. Yeah, that's a good deal. Um, but I remember within those first six months, I cried so many nights. I said, I don't want to do this anymore. This is not for me. I I felt that I was not capable of doing it. I, really? I felt looking at a rundown and putting together an entire show was like reading Japanese. I had no idea what I was doing, and I thought, I don't – I had days where I thought, I don't know if I can do this. And it, looking back, that would have been the dumbest move I ever made if I would have given up. And and I think it just shows me with anything in life, you gotta you have to give things leeway. You have to ex- truly experience it to not just quickly walk away from something. And I I l- learned the ropes, and I from there I worked my way. I begged them because they knew I wanted to do things on air. I slowly transitioned. I think I became weekend reporter, then weekend anchor, and then I went to morning anchor. And then eventually to evening anchor. Okay. Um, I spent five and a half years there, which is a long time when you start in a small market. But it, I love the people. It was it was great atmosphere, great towns around there, and it, and it felt like home. It did. And so I mean, if if I were to go back into my history, I mean, my time in the small quote unquote TV markets was a total of four years, but that was three markets. You wow. Did, you, you did. I did yeah. one market yeah. for five. And a half I did like years. ten months in South Dakota, then like another uh, eighteen months in in Iowa and Cedar Rapids and then two years in Buffalo and then back home. So it was exciting to get home. And for you, you weren't necessarily getting home, but you were real close to home. I, mean, I was Pittsburgh, close. I lived, I lived there the whole time. I lived in Pittsburgh while I, I drove 45, 50 minutes to work every day. Every day in Steubenville mm-hmm. and then back home to Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And so when you said to me before, I wasn't going to give up, I'm going to stick it out. I'm going to, you know, it looks tough now, but I can't quit. Tell me about your upbringing in your estimation. Why do you think you didn't quit at that instance? Or what about your upbringing in Pittsburgh got you to the point where you thought, you know, I'm going to keep this up? My parents, you know, they always gave me the permission to to go after anything I wanted. I was never told you shouldn't try this, you shouldn't do that. Um, But they they always just instilled, I was very, I feel like I was very blessed. I was very blessed to have two parents. We didn't have a lot, but what we had was a lot of love. Gotcha. And, um... I I get emotional when I talk about them, but um, they really take your time. Huh? Sorry, <laughs> they really instilled in me just a sense of and my grandmother too. My grandmother yes. was also a big influence in my life in that sense. Just never give up, and I remember crying many a nights to my mom, and she said, "Just keep going. Just keep sick. You don't know if if in a year from now this is not right for me. You're so young. If in a year from now this is not right for you." then quit. Sure. But right now you're just learning. And my dad, I'll never forget my dad. He came with me to my interview. I didn't know where I was going to get there. So he drove me there and he sat in the car. I was in that building for six hours and he sat in that car. You know, he did some work probably for work, but he sat and waited for me and drove me home that day. And I just thought if I have this support from them and they are, they were so proud of me. They oh. really were. And I was like, if I, I'm going to do it for them too. So um, I was very blessed to have parents and grandparents um, 
and a great aunt that was also very influential in my life. And they all just, that love and support, you don't realize how how important that is and how, how far that can help you go in life. Yeah. You're getting emotional. Um, uh, and, and, and it's, it's wonderful to see because, uh, you know, you're human, you're, you're, you're taking in, um, what, what you, what was around you as a kid mm-hmm. and the love and the support that your parents, the dad sitting in the car for six hours, uh, your mom being a rock, uh, your grandmother being supernatural, she and, was. You know, superhuman, uh, rock star, Marvel's Marvel character, if you will. Um, so you got all those things in your favor as you move forward in life. Um, what did your dad do for a, a living? He was a sales manager and uh, an, an, a national sales accountant at the time through through different um, chemical waste companies. He okay. worked for a few different companies. My mom was a, she worked, well, my mom, when we were growing up, we were very blessed that she stayed at home with the three good. of us and went back to work when my sister, I think, went to high school and worked at a small doctor's office in my hometown and stayed there then um, for the rest of her years okay and so they you you speak with so much affection it's it's beautiful to see I really I think it's it's really special and okay so now you're in Steubenville mm-hmm. you're 45 minutes from home driving home every night uh, and coming back the next day but you see this large city either it's Pittsburgh on one side or Cleveland on the other and an opportunity arises how did that come about to come to Fox 8 and then take me through the first emotions you had when you got the job and started well, here? I, when I, I mean, I, I tried to persuade time. him not to hire <laughs> I really said, I know JT, because you're so mean. <laughs> you were one of the first people I met and were the one of the sweetest, I mean, as everyone knows, you're the one of the sweetest, most genuine human beings you could ever meet in life. Oh, you're beautiful. Stop right it's there. True. Let's, let's talk Natalie. <laughs> so, so I honestly always thought I, ha- I have to do what I love in my hometown. I want to go back to Pittsburgh. That's where I want to sure. do this. But the cars didn't play out for me that way. And what happened was I was sitting at my job in Steubenville and I received an email from a guy named Kevin Salyer, who yes, was Kevin, sure. the old VP of programming and promotions here. And it, what it had said was, I've seen some of your work. I was, I was doing some country music concert interviews where he got to see my personality a little gotcha. bit more. Something outside of news. Yes. Yeah. He said, I've seen your and work. Drunk and drunk Steeler fans. <laughs> and he said, I saw your work and I have this job. We have a job opening because oh, Christy was switching to mornings. And he said, we have a job opening. He explained the role of the show and the travel aspect of the show and all of these amazing interviews. And I I said to myself, "There's no, this is, who's playing this horrible prank on me? And it was wild. It was such a blessing because my contract was coming up. So the timing of this random email couldn't have been better. And so I thought, well, I have to look into this. So I emailed him back and he, I came here technically for a formal interview, but, um, he basically said to me, the deal's kind of done. We would love for you to be here. And it, for me, having been and only lived in one city my entire life, I was nervous. I was moving to a, a new city sure. on my own. Sure. Thankfully, it's only it was only a couple hours away. But I moved to this new city on my own. I'm thinking, there's, I don't know if I can do it. But I thought to myself, I have to take this risk. And my family supported me. Mm-hmm. Again, that support meant a lot to me. And I s- took the leap of faith. And honestly, this city has, I will never 
be be able to explain how grateful I am. The yeah. city has I, I like to use the word adopted. They have yeah, they've they, adopted me. One of Cleveland's own from Pittsburgh. <laughs> yeah, which and I still don't mind the heat. People have to tease me, and you know what? I'm okay with that. I get it. But this truly has now become home for me. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, I know far more about the Browns than I do the Steelers. <laughs> oh my goodness. I well, can't even name you probably one player on their team. Well, That's about it. And Natalie, I, we could do a whole <laughs> podcast on that. <laughs> we really could. Um, but this is about Natalie, not about uh, Jimmy Haslam or, or Kevin Stefanski or whomever. Um, it's So, you know, you're working here, you're doing the New Day, and then there's more opportunities in news. I mean, mm -hmm. you currently are actually straddling two different types. You're doing a an informational kind of entertainment show in the in the mornings with New Day and then, you know, co-anchoring the, the uh, news in the afternoon and filling in for other shifts. What's that been like to just kind of tread both sides of the, the river, if you will? I really feel fortunate that I've been able to do both. I really think that doing becoming a host on New Day Cleveland helped me to be a lot more relaxed and natural in the news world. Okay. Because when I was at our, when I was at my old station, you know, we weren't it was a different time and we worked for a different company and you had to be very serious, very straightforward. There was no joking around. There was I never really knew I feel like I have a bubbly personality, but I that was turned off. You weren't allowed to do that. So you were measured. It was yes. You were measured absolutely. in Pittsburgh. So I wasn't sure how to be. Like I, it took me some time to adjust when I first sure. got onto New Day Cleveland. But that ended up helping me once I jumped on board. It was two years in to my stay here that I got the opportunity to do news as well. And it is. It's it's wonderful to be able to have both aspects of it. I feel. Yeah. Again, very fortunate. Yeah, it is. It's tough to tread both. I, I will say, I mean, you do a very, very nice job of that because it is. It's, you know, it's some, some, my goodness, some of the stories we're, the station is covering, all media is covering nowadays. It's just not for the faint of heart. And it's not and easy. It's, it's not. It's crazy. Um, and I guess transition wise, for not for the faint of heart, um, let's talk a little bit about, uh, if we can, about what's been going on with you in the last eight, nine, 10 months. Uh, this is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. We're yes. talking in October and you have been very open about your whole um, saga as it were. Mm -hmm. um, and this is something that you not necessarily got warmed up by because it was in the family, but it certainly had your attention before your own situation, right? It was, you know, for those who, who know of my story, I, it, I lost my mom <clears throat> four <throat> years ago to ovarian cancer. And um, ovarian cancer, it, it can be a very difficult cancer, depending on the situation. And my mom's was. And I went through, she fought for a good three and a half years. I mean, I've never seen someone, I've never, that she will, what she taught me in those last years of her life is more than she could ever imagine. Wow. And I, she gave me the greatest lessons. I, every time I go through anything, especially what I've just gone through myself, watching and thinking about what she went through and how incredibly strong she was and how difficult that was for her. I, I use that every day to give me strength. Yeah. And so when I got that word, I was really just trying to be proactive. I, no doctor in my life would have ever thought this was going to be the case at this point. They wanted me, you know, just to be safe because my mom had passive cancer to see if I would be high risk um, at developing breast cancer. Sure. And so I went right away. She also, because of her, I stay on top of everything. And 
because I feel like if there's things I can control, I better be controlling them. So I did that as a preventative measure and I found out that, and I hope every woman asks their doctor this, I found out that because I have dense tissue and a lot of women do, that I, because of the level of it, I was at high risk of developing it in my lifetime. And so it wasn't about my mom, they said, it was more about the density. And my insurance and most women's insurance will cover them to get an MRI as well as a mammogram. So I got an MRI and that's how I discovered that I had this. And from the moment I found out, I realized I thought that I had a mission. I thought that God had a, uh, a plan for me and that it was to, you know, bring happiness to people on a daily basis, just help the community out. But then I realized in that moment, nope, this, he gave me this in a way that I can now hopefully help others in a way that I didn't ever, I didn't think possible. And so that is why I felt it necessary to be very open and vulnerable about the situation. Yeah. And I think by you being vulnerable, you show your strength. And I think a lot of people um, that go through very difficult situations and they're, they're open about it. Um, Sure. The love and support from viewers, friends like us uh, can mean, mean, Mm -hmm. mean a bunch to you, but you get that support from people. There's thousands and thousands of people don't even have never met you, never seen you, but you're like family because we found that to be the case, not just here at Fox 8, but at many uh, media outlets uh, in the country. So you kind of have that person sitting on one shoulder saying, you know, you've got this. Um, but there, there's been things written about you, about, you know, the whole process, about double mastectomy, mm-hmm. uh, about reconstruction. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of awkward for me to be asking this, but I think I think it's important. How do you how did you take yourself through that and, and how are you doing with it right now? You know, I would I would say that I'm not the type of person that can always be very decisive. I, I question <laughs> things, I ask the people I love, what do you think I should do? I have never been more sure in my life than when I was diagnosed what I wanted to do. Gotcha. And I and I say that knowing that every woman has to do what's right for them. My my choice doesn't have to be someone else's choice, but it was what I needed for myself to be, to feel like I've done everything I can to hopefully keep it from coming back. And so that's why after consulting with my doctor, consulting with my best friend who is an oncologist as well, I realized that with given my age, I was younger. I need, this is the route I wanted to go. And I was glad I did. And I I put it in uh, the article that was in Cleveland Magazine. They've found on the other side when I did my double mastectomy, they found some cells that were technically considered precancerous. So I would have been going through this whole process again at some point in my life. So I'm glad I did it. It's not an easy process, um, but at the same time, and I know there can be complications. I was very blessed. I had minor complications with mine. And um, I always say that women who give birth and can go through that process, kudos to you. This for any woman who would have to potentially go through this, it's not that I haven't done it, but I know it's not as difficult as that. This is, it's more of a mental game though. The mental aspect is what's, and when I, when I'm saying it's not difficult, I'm referring to the physical, I understand. the physical okay. process of healing was not that bad mentally though. I can only imagine with every other woman and man who have gone through it. It's, it is a mental game and it will always be. I mean, for the rest of my life, it'll be a mental game. How do you, how do you deal with it on a daily basis? Um, you, you can't constantly think about it. You, you can't. What happens? It's hard. And you know, you have scars to remind you of sure. it, unfortunately. But at the same time, um, 
I know there's not. I would like to think there's maybe been a day that's gone by that I haven't thought of it, but that would be a lie. I mean, I, I think about it every day, but um, I just keep telling myself, you know, hopefully there's a bigger plan for me and that I can continue to help other women. And if I can control things like my food, what I'm putting in my body, my exercise, decreasing my stress, because I do think stress had a lot to do with, mm-hmm. I mean, and I'm not a doctor. But gotcha, gotcha. I, do, I do know stress is very bad for your body. And I do think that that played a role as well. And so controlling the things I can control, I just I, I just am grateful now every day that I have that I'm healthy. I God, if every day that he gives me this health, I'm just I'm just grateful for that. And I just keep on moving forward. What's it like when someone gives you a woman gives you feedback that I, because of you, made this action and this happened. And boy, I'm so glad that I listened to you. I'm sure there's been I thought, cases that. I thought maybe maybe one or two people would, would say that to me. I, I can't tell you the amount of women who wow. have said they've gone, they've got mammograms, they've gotten wow. MRIs, they took it seriously, they were worried about it, but they were sc- too scared to do it, and then they did it. I just had a woman tell me that she, she got a mammogram because she watched my story and found out that she had cancer and is now doing great, but she said, I don't know how to, if I would have caught that, and if... I don't say that to by any means. I know you know me to toot my own horn. I I really, I'm just so grateful. It makes me so happy that I've opened up. I, it, that 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 has the, been the greatest blessing of all through this. That you had, uh, and I think it takes courage to open up, and also a great deal of humanity uh, because it's not the world of Natalie. It's the it's the world outside of Natalie. It's mm-hmm. so many women that you're hearing from. Some get an email from some person or someone that stops you at an appearance and what have you. It's, you really are a blessing. And, um, you know, I don't know if you look at yourself that way, but you, you absolutely are, but you're Steelers. Now I don't know about your dog on Steelers. (laughs) Again, no, really. I mean, you know, people tease, and you know, I will always be, I will always be proud to say that, you know, Pittsburgh, I was born there and raised there. Oh, of course. But I genuinely mean it when I say, I don't, this has become home. I mean, yeah. I feel like I have dual citizenship almost. <laughs> like you know, like I have, and and I, my dreams and aspirations of of wanting to to do this job in my quote and quote hometown. This has now become my hometown, and I feel very blessed that yeah, that's cool that I'm that I'm doing. It's 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 reminds me so much of my upbringing upbringing the city you know and that's why it felt like home when i got here yeah it's it's so natural that browns fans hate steeler fans and vice versa because a lot of times it's self-hating because you're looking at someone in the mirror and someone in pittsburgh's got this opinion of cleveland vice versa a lot of it's football related but much of it's just because Two hardworking cities, steel over in Pittsburgh and Mm -hmm. steel and much more manufacturing here in Northeast Ohio. It's it's insane how uh, hardworking people, hardworking town is the Michael Stanley song uh, said. And right. And you could have singing that song about Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, too. So, yeah, it's it's cool that you kind of adopted Cleveland. And that's where we love that you have done that. But you obviously you never forget your roots and you and you're, you know, you're still a Pittsburgh girl. Mm-hmm. And and it's nice to have that the dual aspect of it because um, my fa- you know my family's all there still so yeah. it's nice to be a stone's throw away from them yeah um, but it's also nice to be away from home, from home too it's <laughs> nice to have this be it's it was it was the greatest 
one of the greatest blessings in my life to be able to come here. I was so nervous, like I said, to take on this chapter on my own, not knowing a single soul in this city. Yeah. And wow, am I glad that I did it. I mean, I, I couldn't be happier. And I don't want to leave. And people always say to me, you're not going to leave, are you? You're not gonna... No, I this, this to me is home for good. Wait, hasn't this also, uh, this situation kind of... Uh, not that you were a worrier about what's going to happen in the future or f- fretting over what things happened 10 years ago, but it oh, I you was, more, you I were? was that person. I'll admit it. <laughs> but I was. So now you're you're more in the moment. I <laughs> I am more absolute. I mean, I honestly every day I wake up, I just it's a good day that I'm healthy. I mean, I know we all take our health for granted sometimes, and I never. And that's another gift I think that God gave me that I never take my health for granted. Now I wake up feeling good and I think, wow, this is going to be a good day. Yeah. You know, and it has helped me to stop sweating. I, I'm a, you know, self, I mean, I'll admit it. I, I'm a people pleaser. I like to know that everyone else around me is happy, is, is comfortable with how I'm acting, who I am, probably to a fault. Okay. Um, but this has really helped me to put, to not worry about that stuff as much and to just focus on living and enjoying life yeah. it, it's really true and that's it's it's a blessing i've had a lot of blessings it, through this and that's one of them as well yeah i've always subscribed to this uh, uh, uh saying from voltaire about paradise is where you are mm-hmm. and uh, you know you can worry about five years in the future or fret over what happened five years previously but it's right here right now i'm in paradise i'm with, sitting with a real good friend of mine Aww. that i've been blessed to work with for so many years to hear your incredibly beautiful words about what you've gone through and and how excited you are to be working here and to, living in the moment that's what we're doing right now and mm-hmm. i and i just think it and it is the word blessing keeps coming back um, and you'll find as time goes on, there'll be more and more amazing moments in your life, and you'll you'll recognize them, I think, a little bit more yep. when you decide to be more in in the present. Mm-hmm. And I'm so happy that you're present in my life. I'm so happy that you're present in mine. Like I said, I working with someone like you, you're such a you've been such a role model for me for so many people at this station. And I I said it before. There's there's honestly no one. This business can have some egos in it, you sure. know, it's in general throughout the country. There's definitely egos in this, but you are the farthest thing from that JT. Oh, and right. that, and I've learned so much from you and in, in, in your humble ways and the way you just support our community. And some, I mean, I could go on and on talking about how, how well, grateful and how grateful I am then t- to have you as a friend. Well, it's, it's been beautiful chatting with you, Nat. I look forward to, uh, years going by five, 10, 15 <laughs> years, still, uh, being active and being good buds with you and, and all your friends and, and I can't thank you enough for uh, coming on and chatting with me and really being open about this. I, I know it's, it's, it's for some people, it's very difficult to open up about incredibly difficult uh, situations. But you've been a real prince, princess about this. I, and, you know, I just want to say if anyone ever sees me, if they're listening to this and they want to. St- I am the, I'm an open book. You can ask me those questions. I just want to help. So, uh, I, you know, I know I'll probably get those questions the rest of my life. And I'm OK with that, because if I can help any woman any, on any given day, I'm ready for it. She is Natalie Herbick, and we'll be giving her her phone number and her email and all that stuff. (laughs) You got it. (laughs) Thanks, Nat. Thank you so much to Natalie. What a great conversation. I just absolutely adore that woman, and I am not alone. There's so many folks, not just at Fox 8, but in the news business, and uh, many of her fans that just 
enjoy uh, what she brings to the table. Such a positive, upbeat kind of a person. And by the way, we've talked to other folks with Fox 8 News Connections over the course of the past so many months as I have uh, restarted the podcast uh, basically about a year in uh, length so far. And we've talked to the godfather of news in Cleveland, Ohio, Mr. Virgil Dominic. We've spoken with Lou Maglio. We had a great conversation with uh, our buddy Wayne Dawson, Vince Cellini, an alumnus, if you will, of uh, Fox 8 News in Cleveland who went on to do some big things with CNN and the Golf Channel and Turner Sports and what have you. We also spoke with him. And there have been others over the course of the four years that I've done Telich Talk starting back in 2019, such as my buddy PJ Ziegler, who has been covering the big events in sports for not just Fox 8, but for Next Star Broadcasting. And uh, he had some great stories about being at Super Bowl previous to or right before the pandemic starting in early 2020 and being on the air almost continuously down there as well. So lots of content, if you will, in the pod with our Fox 8 News gang. And I'm certain that there will be more as we move forward. So if you want to check out those episodes, they are in the archives, very easy to find on Telich Talks. Thanks for listening. And as always, please subscribe, rate, and review. It helps grow the pod. I'm very happy with how more and more people are coming to see what we are doing with Telich Talks in some of the episodes. It is a joy and what a great project for me to continue along the lines of uh, being a retired TV guy with so many years of service in Northeast Ohio. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks for listening. We'll see you the next time on Tellage Talks.